and welcome to Futures Focus, a fantasy baseball podcast centering around all the top prospects in the game, brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez. Joining me is my co-host, Nate Eckert, and we are full on with the 2023 season. Nate, how did you enjoy your opening day? Oh, man, I got to tell you. It was exciting stuff. Jordan Walker, Volpe, uh, you name it. Adley Rutschman. I know he's uh, just a, uh, a recently graduated prospect, but man, it was it was an opening day for the prospect nation uh, to remember. That's for sure. And of course, the day after, there's only like five games. Six games, makes, something like that. Makes no sense to me if None. my team didn't have a game. For you, the Dodgers are playing, so it's like, okay, right. that's fine. Right. But, yeah, kind of silly. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. They, it, it's not like they're starting new series either. You know, they're the same teams. And <laughs> Anyways, it is yeah. exciting to uh, look at these prospects, and that's what our episode is going to focus on today. We're going to take a look at the optimist and the pessimist and dun, dun, dun. I know I like we come up with some nice names we got the bold and the beautiful and now yeah. we have the optimist and the pessimist so what we're going to do is take a look at the optimistic outlook for some of these prospects that are up right now and we're also going to take a look at perhaps a little bit of the pessimistic side so what could go wrong what might go wrong what to maybe expect on the lower end of the spectrum and Nate and I are going to go back and forth. So sometimes I'll be optimistic and sometimes I'll be pessimistic. And we'll go over a guy like Anthony Volpe. What in a very good world, uh, what happens to Volpe where things go according to plan? And what happens if things don't quite go according to plan? Because I watched Volpe get blown away by Logan Webb and a couple of 96 mile per hour sinkers. And he wasn't even close. But he also had that <laughs> sick stolen base, played some good defense. But we'll get into that. So. These guys can go either way. They're not all going to be studs. We know that. We absolutely know that. So uh, that's going to be the bulk of our episode. But before we do that, we got a couple of big news and notes items that I would like to go over with you, Nate. First of mm-hmm. all, this one just fresh today. David Gasper broke it to us in our little chat for Prospects 1500. And Joey Weimer is receiving a promotion after one day. I'm not sure why they couldn't have just <laughs> put him on the opening day roster. Right. Maybe they saw their offense on day one and they're like, oh, this is <laughs> uh, We need that monster. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, I do think that a Winker Weimer platoon mm-hmm. is a very effective way of doing things right now for the Brewers. So he is up. Garrett Mitchell's up. And then Bryce Terang also got yeah. the uh, got to make the team out of spring training which was a nice little surprise. I didn't quite see that one coming. I didn't think he was exactly the, you know, super ready, but apparently the Brewers did. So we mm-hmm. were as up. Now, the next piece of news that I'll let you kind of touch on here is Ryan Pepio, who won the fifth mm. spot and then immediately goes on the IL without even pitching an inning. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be Stone. It's not going to be Miller. It's going to be very exciting. Michael Grove coming over. Ooh couple of starts so what's the process here now for the Dodgers with that fifth spot 
Yep, just like you said, buddy, it's uh, Michael Grove. Unfortunately, I think what happened with Pepio was he had that final tune-up game. It was in Anaheim, the old uh, freeway series before the season begins, and his outing in his last tune-up was not very effective whatsoever. He was the opposite of how Pepio should have been pitching, and I guess it makes sense now because they send him on the DL with an oblique injury. So it just kind of goes to his makeup thus far as being injury prone. And and it sucks because he had made, according to the Dodgers staff, leaps and bounds as far as uh, approach and uh, hitting the zone, et cetera. So we're going to be getting Michael Grove right off of the top. Uh, I don't think we'll be seeing Bobby Miller for a little while because he also came down with an injury, a shoulder injury, which is concerning especially for a fireballer like uh, Bobby Miller. And uh, I think uh, before anybody else, I hope that Gavin Stone is the first one to be called up. Uh, He's already major league ready, in my opinion. That staff uh, in L.A. is is, uh, ridiculous, and he would make an excellent fifth starter. But we'll see how Grove does. Yeah, Grove seems like – kind of the bridge to get to those three. And then Gavin Stone, as you mentioned, might be just the last man standing at this point. And hopefully he can come up. We'll see how his first couple of starts go in the minors. That'll be a big indication. Moving Mm -hmm. on, we have some surprising news from Baltimore. And that was Grayson Rodriguez did not make the opening day roster. And he will have to wait even longer for his much-anticipated MLB debut. He is going down to triple-A It was very interesting some of the things that the Orioles GM was saying about Grayson just was not very flattering. Usually it's sort of like, yeah, we're we're super excited about Grayson. We just want to see him work on this, this and this and he'll be rough. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like he sucked in the spring and we don't want him (laughs) right now. Uh, So, yeah, you're not seeing Grayson. That's so disappointing. So does this kind of lower where you're at with Grayson and with Andrew Painter and Yuri Perez, like have you rearranged your, your top pitching prospects? Have you maybe entered Gavin Stone or uh, Hunter Brown, somebody like that now sort yeah. of in the lead? Yeah. What do you think? I'm looking more into the direction of say like Kyle Harrison, uh, Ricky Tiedemann, so long as he can stay healthy. Um, those types of cats, especially I love, I love Gavin Stone. I think his changeup is absolutely dynamite. So, um, and I've probably watched more tape on him than anyone else, but I am kind of rearranging that top, the top tier, the top echelon of, of pitching prospects right now, because, you know, if you're on GM, I mean, Grayson has been on the cusp for two and a half years running right now. And to not making out of spring, and he just he just faced off today against Taj Bradley. Uh, only got a couple of Ks, made it through four innings. If I'm Grayson Rodriguez right now, my confidence is absolutely like floor level right now because uh, why aren't I on the team already? Who's in that fifth or even fourth starter role that's better than me? And you know, according to the Baltimore GM, uh, it's a couple of guys, not you, Grayson. So if I'm if I'm Rodriguez right now, I- I'm pissed. Yeah, quite honestly. Mike Mike Ilias said he quote was not ready to jump into a major league rotation 
just getting not past the fourth inning. And we know what he's capable of. I wasn't expecting this. We were hoping that he would show up as a better version of himself. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Whatever. Hey, if there's one organization that knows how to screw up pitching prospects, it is the Orioles. So they're going to have to out slug everybody as usual. Right. Um, Yeah. So crazy stuff. Um, A bunch of other, a bunch of other debuts to discuss. And I'm going to sort of keep those for our main segment, if you will, because obviously it would be fun to talk about Ruiz and uh, Volpe and Walker and some of the mm-hmm. guys, even like Corbin Carroll, how how they are looking mm-hmm. for the 2023 season. So let's just get into it right now. Let's let's get the people that made their debuts um, right off the bat. We'll talk about the ones that are probably the most vital, and then we'll mention kind of maybe some other guys. But um, let's start with Oscar Colas. He technically was the the first to debut of all of these players. So Oscar Colas, he had a pinch hit appearance against Rambeer. Uh, I'm sorry, he didn't start against Valdez for right, the Astros, right. but he did get a pinch hit appearance, and he is starting tonight on Friday. So um, I'll go ahead and let you be the optimist for this, and I'll be the mm-hmm. pessimist. Give me sort of like that outlook for Colas if everything goes according to plan. I'm I'm thinking, uh, and this is no joke because I, I predicted it last week. I'm thinking rookie of the year, something very similar to what Jose Abreu did when he was the rookie of the year for the same Chicago White Sox. Um, uh, I say 30 home runs, probably 250 batting average, over 100 ribs, and uh, maybe 10, 15 stolen bases. The, that ooh, that would be interesting because he hasn't really stolen a lot of bases in the past three in his minor league career. So that could be something uh, he is athletic. I don't know if he's a great. Base yeah, he's got but, he's yeah, got he's some got legs got on some. him. I think I think the rule change is going to is really going to have a lot Everybody's of stolen base have. numbers. Yeah. So, I think so there's a couple of things to be worried about right away is that he's not starting against the lefty. Um, that's concerning. The White Sox, if they platoon him, then you're looking at, you know, he's not going to he's going to be on the strong side of a platoon. But um, with a strikeout rate has been sort of increasing as well for him. Um, Each level he's gone up as it settled in around 36 percent in triple A, but 24 in double A. If you want to split those so at a 30 percent, that does bode to be rather high in the major league. So you might see a lot of strikeouts. With him, almost like what Gavin Sheets was for them last year is kind of like, I think, the floor for mm-hmm. Oscar Colas. And just a reminder, like, this sounds pretty reasonable for Colas, if I'm being honest. 124 games, that means he's sitting against lefties. 15 home runs, 240 batting average. So, that I mean, to me, that's kind of like the downside of Oscar Colas. I think they're going to give him a chance. I don't think a demotion, and I don't think he's going to be poor enough, but I do think that's sort of the base for him. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's go on to some of the other exciting ones and we'll start Mm -hmm. with Anthony Volpe. So I'll go ahead and be the optimist on Volpe. He was exciting. And if he's going to feed off that energy and and just kind of based on what I was looking at, I saw the roll, the the Yankee roll call and how he was, you know, he, he kind of pointed to the Yankee and said like, it was just kind of charismatic. And I feel like, Oh yeah. That he could be, um, 
you know, he could be a rookie of the year for sure. I still don't think the average is going to be anything that's going to help you. So in my mind, best case scenario here for Volpe is a 270 with I 15, 15 home runs probably and like a 30 stolen base, I think is, is, is like a realistic, optimistic outlook for Volpe. Don't get crazy. He's a great base runner. There's no like he's an 80 grade base runner, but he's not an 80 grade runner. And I, I hope that makes sense about the differences. Um, so he's going to steal a lot, but he is also going to get thrown out like he got a huge jump. I don't know if you saw that stolen base, Nate. I did. Yeah, it was incredible. Like a secondary lead and got a, and then ran like it was a huge jump and he still almost was thrown out. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not it was the nice, fastest, fastest. It was he's a nice like a throw. Though. Runner, yeah. But he is yeah. so intelligent on the bases. I, I think is. 30 is going to be possible. And uh, but I, you know, I, I do think it's it's going to be sort of, you know, Bobby Witt sort of kind of, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't get everything we wanted, but it was still a very fine debut. I feel like that's full. But what's the what's the negative outlook for him? Ah, uh, see, now this is hard because <laughs> I love Volpe and I'm so high on him. And especially after seeing him feed into that energy at Yankee Stadium. But let me do my job here, folks. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking he is going to just have entirely too much pressure, too much on his plate. He's not Derek Jeter. Let's be honest here, people. Um, 270 is optimistic. Therefore, I will say... Uh, 240, but even worse will be his on-base percentage because then he won't be able to get on base enough to steal those 30 bags, Alex. So I'm thinking maybe more like 15 because uh, let's say Oswaldo Peraza, Peraza comes up and uh, decides to play uh, or they decide to bring him up and he's got competition and then he's on uh, a platoon as well. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong for him because there's so many cameras on him. Uh, and that's a lot of pressure for a 21 year old who's not named Derek Jeter. Yeah. And this is not the Kansas city Royals, right? It, it didn't matter Mm-mm. what Witt did. Like he was right. playing, but if they're struggling and Volpe struggling and Peraza's yes. tearing it up, like, yes, it could happen Absolutely. very easily. So long term, nothing to worry about with Volpe quite yet. No. Like, he does seem like he's a big leaguer for sure, but oh, yeah. it might not be as as great as everybody's saying. So um, maybe we could add like which which direction. I mean, you sound like you're more optimistic, and I actually oh, yeah. am probably more pessimistic with Volpe. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be very interesting. I think there is a high variance for him, almost more than other top prospects that hit. Yeah, I, I agree because of the Yankees is mm-hmm. it's such a different vibe anywhere else, you know, and to be a prospect, like remember when Glaber debuted, my God, when he was a prospect, he was number one overall for like two years or a year and a half. And then when he made, when he, when he came up with the Yanks, he put on a show, but then like the next two seasons, he just dwindled down to uh, yeah. nothing. And now we're looking at him as uh, maybe a platoon. Sometimes he, he started off the the uh, the season pretty hot already. But I mean, Flavor Torres is a perfect example of how these things can go wrong really quick. That's interesting. Good good comp there. Um, all right, Jordan Walker, another sexy mm. name that everybody is mm. talking about. Um, mm-hmm. You, I mean, 
some of these guys we kind of already talked about. You were you projected, you know, 30 plus home runs for mm-hmm. Walker mm-hmm. with the, probably mm-hmm. 10 to 15 steals as well. I think that's everybody's optimistic. So I'm going to kind of steal your thunder there. But huh. honestly, like after that shoulder injury, and I said this already, but like he has not done anything since the shoulder injury. And if he's still not completely healthy and he gets off to a horrible start here, like you got demotion for Walker for sure. And he was one for five yesterday. It's a nice solid base hit up the middle. He does his, I mean, I saw him swing at, I forgot who was pitching, but they threw him three sliders on the outside corner and he swung at every one of them. And that was it. He was out. So Mm -hmm. Walker Mm -hmm. is so young. He's 20. He's not even close to Mm -hmm. being 21 either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly wouldn't be going after him in redraft leagues. Mm. I did. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you why. It's, it's the uh, exit velocity for me at least. And his arms are so long. If he does get beat, his, his swing is a little long, but man, when he makes contact, he annihilates the ball and he got an RBI ground out, but let's, let's remember that that was in the seventh inning and it was a tied game and it was in St. Louis and it was his major league debut and he already had a rope up the middle. So, I mean, a lot of guys put into that position probably wouldn't even get wood on the bat. I mean, get wood on the ball. So, you know, I think he's a little bit more poised. The guy looks like he's 50 years old. I mean, let's be honest, right? And uh, I, I think he's just a monster at the plate. But I'm sorry. that That's uh, – I'm, I'm really big on Jordan Walker. And I did take him in a redraft. For sure. So I'm kind of just hanging on that right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about some of the other guys that made their debut. We don't need, I mean, obviously we want to spend a lot of time on those big names, but yeah. there's also a couple of guys that have been, uh, you know, kind of interesting for Dynasty Leagues, especially some of them you could maybe even snag off the waivers. Uh, most of these guys, if you're trying to trade for them, now is like the absolute worst time to trade for these mm-hmm. guys. If you're trying mm-hmm. to get a Bryce Terang, like you missed your chance. It should have been six months ago you can't just trade for them after they're going to be on the big league roster it's a bad bad way of doing things but um bryce terang one for three um i don't see him starting every day we'll see what the brewers decide to do but Mm -hmm. um let's see i haven't been optimistic in a while so let me (laughs) me do the optimistic (laughs) thing here okay um it's so easy in my mind and i maybe i'm not completely right about this but it's so easy if you're producing to make that Milwaukee Brewers lineup that if he just kind of does what he did one for three and he, he can play great defense, like that's always been sort of his calling card. You're looking at a guy that could hit 15 home runs and steal 25 bases um, in the two eighties, the two seventies with, you know, maybe not the greatest on base percentage, but solid defense. And you're going to get multiple eligibility from him. I imagine I'm sure, he, you know, second base, he probably gets thrown in the outfields at times third base shortstop like you can get a guy that has multi-position eligibility while getting you a lot of stolen bases 34 stolen bases in 2022 20 in 2021 so this guy can steal bases and the pop's been getting better and better each year so not 20 home runs but if you can push to 15 in a, in a best case scenario pretty darn good for a guy that you could got you could get for a lot uh, less than some of those other shortstops but what could go wrong with Bryce Strang in your mind Nate I think I think Terang uh, could get into a slump pretty quickly. 
Um, he wasn't the fastest riser. He was drafted in 2020 out of college, and he still he just made his debut yesterday. Um, there's a lot of infielders in Milwaukee that are kind of just all over the place. The team is kind of just like all over the place as far as all Mike Brasso, Owen Miller, Luis Urias, Brian Anderson, uh, Mike Brasso, Owen Miller. You know, uh, it just kind of goes on with uh, 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 Adames and a few other guys. But. You know, maybe he gets tossed out into the outfield to get a, a few more at bats. I don't really know that Terang's got that that um, nth degree or X factor that's really going to catapult him into being not only a regular but you know something better than that. Uh, he's he's kind of he's just like good in in um, in all aspects, but I don't think he's great in any one thing, and I think that could get him into a big time uh, uh, utility spot on a team that's filled with utility players, which yeah. is yeah. difficult. Yeah. His bat is, uh, is probably more suspect than you would feel very comfortable with investing mm-hmm. him in. But uh, the, the ceiling is there for him to be useful, especially if he gets all those positions. Um, let's talk about this next guy, Blake Sable for the, San Francisco Giants, mm. who started in left field for them, went 0 for 2. Unfortunately, had a fantastic spring, a guy that wasn't on a lot of people's radars. In fact, I'm looking at his card right now. He was born in Aliso Viejo, the city that I'm in right hey, now. Hey, you know. Pretty cool. I didn't even know Look that. that. So, I like circle. this guy. Yeah, Ooh, so um, we don't need to do, uh, you know, the pessimistic, optimistic yeah. thing for him. But just just kind of a reminder of what he's capable of in the minors hit 19 home runs last year in triple a and double a 284 mm-hmm. uh, with 10 stolen bases. Plus yep. that kind of that catcher uh, background as well. We'll see if he can get any of that. So interesting player for sure. Again, similar. A, he, sorry. Similar to the, the brewers, right? It's not hard to make this giants lineup with. Right. Yeah. And, and Estrada totally. and, and who else? Um, oh, Brett Wisely is another guy from we could Ooh. talk about as well. He made his mm-hmm. debut um, as a defensive replacement. So, yeah, not hard to make that lineup. Mm-mm. No, I think Sable's got a good comp with uh, James Outman, like a poor man's James Outman. He's mm-hmm. athletic, more athletic than you would think. 6'4", 225, a lot of power. Um, but at the major league level, I don't know if it's going to translate. So I, I, I'm rooting for the guy. I, t- I took him in uh, both of my dynasty leagues. So uh, I, I liked him when he was with Pittsburgh. So we'll see. Yeah. Good spring for him. And yeah, great spring. The, the Giants seem to have these guys that, that similar to the Cardinals just kind of come up and they're not superstars, but they always seem to have career years. Yeah. Um, also, didn't didn't uh, Pittsburgh give him up for the Rule Five? Isn't that how the Giants acquired him? I w- yeah, I believe I, so. I, I thought I'm that was pretty uh, sure that's what what happened. Yeah. They also pretty- just signed Gary Sanchez, by the way. The Giants. You're kidding. Minor, <laughs> I did not know deal, that. So. Wow. So. My, but I think how the, how the mighty him, have fallen. Yeah. Keep him in the outfield. 
A couple other guys here just to keep in mind. Some of you are in dynasty leagues that are deep enough that if they're playing games or they're on a roster, they they need to be on your team. So uh, Gus Varlin came in for the Brewers, got into a bit of a jam, but he looks good, looks really good. And he's got to stay up all year. That's a rule five guy. So he's interesting. Uh, Carlos Vargas for the Arizona Diamondbacks came in. Their bullpen's a mess. So he had a, a pretty he looked he good up a run in two in two thought, thirds of an inning. But you know, crazier things have happened where a guy like Vargas could ascend quickly to the back end of the bullpen. That's an optimistic view as well. But a name to keep in mind: Ryan Noda for the A's. Uh, he came in as a pinch runner. I was watching that game. <laughs> Stupid angels are just <laughs> angels. So crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Mason Eglert from Detroit who came in and gave up a run in his ending of work. That bullpen is similar to the Diamondbacks where it's not settled much at all. And then no. we have technically uh, Masataka Yoshida for the Red Sox. We haven't really ever talked about him too much, but he, no. uh, he looked good. We saw him in the World Baseball Classic. He seems to be doing just fine two for four in his debut. Um, and then there was another debut here today. It was, I'm not going to mispronounce it, but uh, for the Astros, it was, is it Corey Jolks? I think it is. I think you're right. I think you're yeah. right. He's actually, I was watching that game as well. And you're going to take a look at his minor league numbers and you're going to mm-hmm. see a lot of low home run totals until you yep. get to 2022. And they were explaining this on the broadcast that he took several weeks out of the year to go to this camp, this special place where he wasn't supposed to play games, but rework his swing. Mm-hmm. And if you go by the stats, 14 home runs in 2021 to wow. 31 home runs. Whoa. In 2022, in AAA with 22 stolen bases and a 270 on base percentage um, batting average. And he got a hit today in his debut. Wow. Okay. A little bit tougher than those Brewers and Giants lineups to crack. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, a guy that you've probably never heard of and can get for heard free. Of. In fact, I tried to get him in our prospect. He's available in our Prospects 1500 League. Can you believe oh, that? I can't. Uh, I put no. a claim in for him, but technically uh, claims don't go until like tomorrow or something. So I don't think I can pick mm-hmm. him up now, but yeah, yeah, he was available. So he's everywhere. And that, I mean, 31, 22, <laughs> pretty good. Right? 26, a little older, but yeah, the Astros know how to fix people. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's for sure. No doubt about that. All right. We got a few more guys to go over. We're going to go over the prospects that have already made their debut now. Uh, the Tristan Cassis of the world, the Corbin Carrolls, the Gunnar Hendersons, and give you the optimistic, pessimistic view for them. But we're going to go ahead and take a short break, and we'll be right back after this. And we're back. Alex Sanchez here, my co-host Nate Eckert, and we're continuing on. This time we're going... With the guys that have already made their major league debut last year, but are still technically prospects. And this list gets very exciting very quickly because these guys we know are locked into full-time roles. Most of them, I think, that as we go over. And I think it's important, again, these are all rookies. So we have to see 
the upside and we have to see the downside. So mm-hmm. um, I'll let you be the optimistic guy here. We, we had Gunnar Henderson. Uh, okay. Pretty, pretty poor spring. But yeah. what do you think he's capable of in 2023 of the rose colored lens, if you will? Well, let's 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 hope that that rose colored lens uh, allows a few more of his line drives to get to to drop. Just yesterday I saw in the uh, opening day he hit he barreled he barreled a pitch and it was caught line out into the outfield. It was like 900 uh, expected uh, average <laughs> and uh, that was caught. So that that was unfortunate. But um Let's say that those do fall in, and I'm looking at Gunner to hit anywhere between 25 to 30 bombs this year. Uh, I don't think that his average will be in the 300s, but uh, 285, I think, is pretty optimistic, realistic. Um, And even though he's not the fastest character, I'd say, given the new rule change, optimistic somewhere between 15 to 20 stolen bases. Yeah, he is. He's very fast. And I think that in the pessimistic sort of viewpoint, he's fast, but not a great base dealer. And so that becomes something like 13 or 14 stolen bases. Yeah. And I I think the power is there for sure. But again, everybody's always talking to me about this hit tool that he has. And (laughs) when I look at the minor league 276 batting average i'm wondering you know if we bring that down a little bit into the to as the jump to the big leagues and now we're looking at 250 so uh, if we're getting really negative let's say he's a 240 hitter i do think 20 home runs is almost a guarantee but a 240 with 20 home runs and maybe 15 stolen bases isn't the greatest um, especially since he's not going to get that shortstop eligibility now he's your third baseman so Um, he's good. He's, he's very good. And I think I've come across mm-hmm. this kind of anti Gunnar Henderson at <laughs> point in this, and I'm yes. not, but I do think his trajectory is going to take a little bit longer to reach his potential of like a 40 Homer bat and like 25 steals type of thing, which mm-hmm. I do think is his ceiling, mm-hmm. but he's got a long way to go in my mind. He, he's so young again, 21. He's, yeah, raw. He's 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 got raw like unfiltered talent, you know, like he's just raw, but that you can see it. The talent is all there. Yeah. All right, Corbin Carroll. Um, you did not pick him to be the rookie of the year, so you must be very down on Corbin Carroll. So let me get <laughs> your your pessimistic viewpoint on Corbin <laughs> Carroll, who, by the way, did not have a good first day. No, he didn't. But tough, I could give you. Matchup. I could give you a live update because uh, I did take him in my uh, in my redraft keeper league, so I, I had my eye on him. And of course, I'm watching the Dodgers. He uh, he broke the double down the line uh, earlier tonight, so that was nice. Off of Dustin May as well, so that was good to see. Um, anyway, pessimistic though uh, because this usually happens to the players that I draft <laughs> after I go out on a on a limb for him. Uh, let's say uh, he. He still has a good on base percentage because he has such a good eye and he will get a lot of steals. There's that there's no two ways around that. But I don't know that the 25, 20 home runs are a guarantee whatsoever. Uh, I think on the low end, we're looking at 13, maybe 14, 15. Uh, Still, he's a really solid 
outfielder at only 22, but he has relatively zero experience in the bigs. Um, but the speed is there for sure. I, I'm just afraid that he turns into one of these speed only guys who just kind of slaps at the ball. But I honestly, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, but but again, I, I'm, not, I'm just being pessimistic here. <laughs> we don't want to make it sound. I'm just trying to get both ends of the spectrum here. Like, of course, before we get too crazy. But yeah, I mean, if you take a look at the home run total from last year, all levels combined, you're looking at 27 home runs. Um, so he has such a nice loft to his swing already for a guy. It makes no mm-hmm. sense to sort of just slap it around, but right. he could get into that mode, you know, where he, he's struggling. He's just trying to make yep. contact. Those strikeouts have never been a problem for him. And you're like, you're right. That approach is so good. So the optimistic in me, again, it's kind of <laughs> said this before, but like 50 to 60 stolen bases and like 20 home runs is mm-hmm. not out of the range of possibilities. And yeah. I think that uh, without the shift or any, I don't know if they were going to shift on him anyways, but yeah, you know, beating out ground balls um, all day here and there, it's going to be a great season for, for Corbin Carroll. And if all things go according to plan, now the line. Okay. So here's the thing. The lineup is shaky and they're batting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Just yeah. They put him in. The they, yeah. They put him at seventh against Urias opening day and then they popped him in at fifth tonight against may against the righty why they don't have him lead off against every right-hander in the world is uh, unbeknownst to me yeah yeah i i think that's got to change soon has to has to to. but uh, you know if you're pessimistic about it you could say like well okay that's it's telling you something Mm -hmm. about that he's need to he needs to prove it before he's bumped up Torrey Lavello, you know, hasn't exactly had the greatest uh, managerial career in in Arizona. So, yeah, pessimism. Uh, let, let's go with uh, Miguel Vargas next, who oh. will let you be the optimistic guy, okay. although I'm very right. high on Miguel Vargas, too. I know you are. I know you are. But I, I could see some downside to him as well. So uh, what do you think he's capable of if if things go well? This is a great example of why Miggy Vargas is going to be a great major league player. Alex, um, just watching his at bat earlier today. Uh, he's facing off against uh, Merrill Kelly. Kelly gives him two sinkers in a row. They caught him on the outside corner. He fouled both of them out, uh, fouled both of them off into right field. I said to my fiance, Marisa, um, if he gets that again and he gets out in front of it, he's going to drive that sucker straight into uh, right center. And believe it or not, folks, the next pitch, same split, same sinker, and exactly that. He drove it in the right center, bounced right off of about uh, a third of the way up the wall, and he got a no-doubt double out of it. Had um, the freight train, David Peralta, not been thrown out on a steal attempt uh, the pitch prior – it would have been an RBI double, but he did. So it was just a regular old double. But this is exactly what I'm talking about. This this ability to make mid at bat adjustments, which is something that he inherently has. I mean, that stuff you just cannot teach people. So uh, I'm saying optimistic 300, uh, 25 home runs, 95 ribs. Uh, and a hundred runs scored. Yeah. 
he's one of the safest prospects in my mind. So my pessimistic view is not going to be that pessimistic, but the power is the thing I question. And I do think it's, he's capable of it, but as he gets adjusted to the big leagues, um, he, you know, he's never hit more than, I guess he, he had more than 20 in 2021, but at a low level, I, I feel like you might see an empty line. And if he's batting where he is right now, uh, which is tough, this is a tough lineup to crack. Like he is not batting one or two. And he's probably not batting cleanup or fifth anytime soon. So, like, no. he's sixth and seventh. And if Outman yep. passes him because he has more power, you're, mm-hmm. you're talking about a batting uh, a line that's pretty empty. Like, the RBI is maybe in the 60s, the runs in, like, the 60s. I think that average is about as safe as you can get for a rookie. So, 290, 280. But then, like, 15 home runs and, like, five stolen bases because speed's not part of his game either. But... Mm-mm. You're looking at a good real life player, but really nothing that's crazy for you in fantasy. Um, but certainly a guy that long term you and I both love. So mm-hmm. big time. But that's not what this episode is about. No, no, no. I love him. You hate him. <laughs> yeah. No. I, 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 hopefully that's not how this is coming across. But right. Um, no, I don't yeah. think it is. I don't think okay. it is. All right. Um, this one's an interesting one. Josh Young. Um. He's starting every day at third base for the Rangers. Pretty decent lineup. Um, again, my optimistic view for Josh Young isn't going to be very crazy. Um, I don't think he's hitting 30 homers. I think in a best-case scenario, you're getting a 270, 25 homer, five stolen bases, something like that. Um, the on-base percentage, never been great, I think, for OBP leagues. Not anything that's crazy. I, I mean, I think he's a good player. Um, I think his approach needs some work and he strikes out a lot. <laughs> so I think a 25 homer 260 type of year is, is in the cards for him. And, you know, that could work for you, but I don't see much more than that optimistically. Yeah. Um, pessimistically and, and more realistically for me, I'm not that high on, on young, but, um, but you never know, but, pessimistically i think young's hitting 220 this year um he will get you 20 home runs because the power is is real but he that just means that he's going to run into 20 pitches over a 500 at bat season right um i don't know how many doubles he's going to get you maybe 20 um and the lineup is I don't know. I mean, I guess it's supposed to be good, but something tells me the Rangers are just going to take a couple more years to get there. So I'm not excited about Young really at all. I like his brother a lot more, only because he hits from the left side and Young is a righty. So just not a big fan. Yeah. All right. We're moving on here now to a Red Sox first baseman, Tristan Casas. Um, Again, this is going to be similar, I believe, to Young in that the pessimistic and optimistic view aren't going to be too far off. But mm-hmm. what happens in your mind in uh, in a, you know, a 90 percentile type of year for Cassis? Sure. I say 30 home runs, uh, 295 average, maybe more than 30, maybe like 32. Uh, 90 to 95 ribbies, because I'm not, not uh, completely – guaranteeing that he hits like fourth or fifth in the lineup more like fifth or sixth um 90 runs scored 
Uh, I don't think he's a base stealer at all, unless I, unless I'm wrong. No, <laughs> no. Okay, good. And uh, and I think I think he could uh, possibly be an All Star, and he could possibly be in the uh, Rookie of the Year uh, conversation. Yeah. Um, the only thing is the average would be, you know, in a, I think 30 home runs is going to be pretty close, even in a pessimistic sort of way. Uh, I think mm-hmm. there is some. Uh, you have to consider a platoon factor with him. Uh, with the lefty righty, even then though, he still will will play the majority of the games. And there's not like it, it, this all depends on like if Robbie Dahlbeck can hit or something like that. Right, <laughs> right. To platoon with him. I do think the RBIs are going to be stacked because of the people that are hitting in front of him. If even if he hits fifth or sixth, you're going to mm-hmm. have guys like Turner, Devers, and Yoshida who are all like fantastic on base guys. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think he's going to get close to 90 RBIs, like you said. Uh, even in a pessimistic way, and he's capable of like over a hundred if, if things go really yes. well. Yes, I um, agree. I agree. I may have lowballed him on that one. He's he's pretty safe in all in all honesty. Like if you want mm-hmm. some power and a young guy, he's definitely gonna be uh, he's gonna be in there for a while. I would imagine. Yes, I agree. All right. Um, do we want to do any pitchers? Uh sure. Why not? All right. Um, Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot to like with Hunter Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. He did have a little bit of a back problem there, but he is going to start Monday against Detroit, which is fantastic yep. uh, matchup yep. for him. <laughs> he strikes out a grip. He has filthy stuff. You're talking about 98, 99. Uh, he's got a curveball. He's got a slider. He goes up and down. He's big guy too uh so there's a lot to like with hunter brown i predicted for him to be the rookie of the year so obviously i think a lot of wins are in order uh, now the mm-hmm. innings he had 126 innings pitched last year so maybe you put him at 150 spencer strider-esque inning totals but still plenty of value there uh, nobody's going much higher than that anyway besides a few <laughs> guys but uh, you know 15 wins very low ERA, very low whip, doesn't walk guys. Like you're looking at a guy that could have a Spencer Strider type of year minus like 30 or 40 Ks maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that means I'm the uh, pessimist in this one, right? For him, yeah. Yeah, another hard one to be pessimistic about because I like Brown too. And again, Astros, you know, they're a pitching factory. Uh, this guy's a horse, but... He doesn't really have a, a changeup, which means he's going to have to rely upon his curveball to change the uh, speeds. His fastball is legit, but I'm just not sure that with, to me, curveball, slider, fastball, is more of like a two-and-a-half pitch mix instead of a three-pitch mix. When you get a changeup and a slider and a fastball, that is a legit three-pitch mix. But because a curveball and slider both have the same trajectory, one's just 10 miles an hour slower than the other, um, you're looking at the same type of uh, trajectory uh, as opposed to a changeup, which is totally different. Um, and in that regard, I, I have I have some fears that he may be more of a reliever, maybe say if his mo- first month or two, uh, don't pan out the way that the Astros think it will. 
Um, that's my fear, at least. Uh, do I think it'll happen? Uh, realistically, I don't know, but I'm being pessimistic here, folks. So um, I do think there's a bit of uh, reliever risk in Brown. Um, but yeah, that that's that's why. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go rapid fire here. We went over the big names with a lot of good detail. I hope that you guys got okay. something out of that. But let's go forward here. Um, we'll just rotate. Just give me the a basic line and a one sentence right. if you have to explain yourself with some of these guys moving forward. So uh, let's be optimistic for you with Ezekiel Tovar. 300 average, 15 home runs, 40 stolen bases, 100 runs scored, 70 RBIs. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You're very high on Tovar there. <laughs> yeah, um, I like him. He could be a, a 220-15 homer, great defense, but not doing anything for you on uh, fantasy, for sure. Um, let's go with Garrett Mitchell. I'll be optimistic here with him. I still don't think the power is going to be crazy, so let's go a 15-30 with like a 280, well, maybe a little bit lower, 270 batting average, something like that, but pretty valuable. Okay, pessimistic, 220 average, 10 home runs, uh, low on base percentage, therefore 15 steals. Yeah, platoon risk too, I think is yep. good. Big time, big time. Or I mean, they're, I mean, he just out of a job too. Yeah, that too. Yeah, out of a job. Frelick, Frelick is right around the corner. Brother Weimer is there. Um, yep. Let's go James Outman. We've already sort of done this um, as a 25 homer, 20 stolen base guy. Um, mm -hmm. what, what do you think the downside is for him as a Dodger? Like he does strike out a ton. What do you think that might affect him? Um, you know, I think maybe yeah, it's hard without, and he does strike out a ton. My only thought is that he gets found out by pitchers. Eventually they'll find a hole in his swing, just like they did to, uh, to, uh, yeah. Bellinger. Mm -hmm. And then and then it's over, you know. Now I do think Outman can make adjustments, but I mean those are month those are month long, you know, configurations like how to how to figure out how to get that hole out of your swing, and eventually the pitchers and and the pitching staffs they'll find it. I mean it's only a matter of time. Mm -hmm. So how he adjusts to such I think is is going to be questionable. Yeah. Um, Will Brennan. It's an interesting name. Um, mm. You are the optimistic, I guess, here on him. So okay. if you wanted to maybe, what do you think he's he's capable um, of? 30 bombs, uh, 250 average, uh, 90 ribs, uh, high OPS. That's well, uh, the power seems like that would be pretty crazy for Will Brennan. Um, he had uh, 10 all of last year. So uh, he's more of Stephen Kwan type of player. So you could you could take oh. what Stephen Kwan did last year and then like put everything down a little bit. Or he might not even be in a job. Like he he can lose his job pretty quick. He's just kind of a slappy slappy. I think guy. I had him mixed up with. Uh, oh Benson. The, uh, oh, Benson. That's it. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. exactly. It. Sorry. Yeah, you said I'm 30. Sorry. I was like, holy shit. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had him mixed up with Benson. That's my bad. Yeah. Benson's interesting too. Yeah. He he's the same sort of thing. Like your projection and mine would be like he doesn't have a job in two months. So <laughs> um here's an interesting one. I'll be the optimistic guy here with Logan O'Hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um he did make the the roster. He made his debut last year. Um, you're not going to get a lot of power. You're getting a great overall player here that's going to help the team hopefully overcome those embarrassing two to one losses to the A's when Otani <laughs> is pitching, strikes mm. out 10 and gives up mm-hmm. no runs. But um, mm-hmm. you could get a 280 batting average out of him with maybe 15 homers and fantastic defense, which at the catching position is pretty darn good. Right. So that's uh, that's my reason why. It's not going to be a good fantasy investment. He's going to be a better real life player than um, than uh, fantasy. Yeah. Uh, let's go, Estuary Ruiz. That's a fun one here. Um, you've you again. You've made your prediction, so that's kind of the optimistic mm-hmm. way, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking mm-hmm. at 50 stolen bases. For me, it's he looked so dynamic yesterday, and it's one game. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. But all spring, he looked dynamic. I yep. feel like you're getting stolen bases no matter what from him. Um, 30 minimum is going to be yep. what I would imagine. But he might do nothing else. Like he might do 270 <laughs> with 30 stolen bases and like four home runs and something like that. <laughs> Whereas like mm-hmm. the optimistic yeah. one would have him hitting a lot more home runs. But it's possible. All right. Moving, moving on here. Let's see if we can f- squeeze a few more in that mm-hmm. made the majors already. Um, we did Bryce Trang. We could do Joy Weimer. I promised we would do that. Oh, so, yeah. That's an interesting one. This is the a lot of variance here. Um, I believe you're going to be optimistic. So let's yeah. see. What, what do you think he's capable of? Well, uh, I, I'm thinking every bit of 30 home runs this year um, because I'm the optimist. And I picked him up in, my, in one of my leagues. Um, 30 home runs. Let's say 270 average, uh, high, really high slugging percentage, a lot of extra base hits. And uh, I, I won't go crazy and say 30 stolen bases, but I will say 25. Yeah. You know who he reminds me of just because his swing's so similar is Hunter Pence. So I went back. Ha! I, looked, I ha. looked at Hunter Pence like first year. Mm-hmm. It was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a 322 Pence? in 2017 wow. homers. Wow. So certainly that would be an optimistic it, viewpoint. But the, Houston, the, year, right? the next year sort of is sort of what maybe I would think of with like a 260 batting average with 25 mm-hmm. homers. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't steal as much as we were hoping for type of thing. So, yeah. Um, honestly, he's he's good. Like he's really good and he should. He should perform, I believe. He's 24. Yeah. Use for him not to. If he if he can't do it, I think he's not. You know, he can't do it. But right, right, yeah. He's a, he's a beast physically. I mean, the yeah. guy is an absolute monster. He's one of the toolsiest players in all of the minors. Baseball, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's go about this guy. What do you think about Kyle Muller? Um, he had a nice debut. Yeah. The Angels, five innings, no runs. He's their ace. What do you think he's? Uh, I, I mean, guess I'm the optimistic guy here with. Kyle. Oh yeah, go for it, go for it. So he looked pretty good. Like he's going up and down, and 
in terms of the walks, you know, he gave up only one walk over his five innings, four mm-hmm. hits against. I mean, the Angels are a good lineup. I know they they're fun to make fun of. Right. Um, but they I've got some monsters this, in like, there. Yeah, if he can limit the walks, his stuff's yeah. gonna play just fine. So mm-hmm. he might have like a a three five ERA with, I mean, maybe six or seven wins or something. Mm-hmm. But he could strike. He's gonna strike out some guys. He only had three yesterday. Maybe he's sacrificing like some of those Ks to get those yeah uh, more contact command. outs. But yeah, a guy that could be useful for you, especially in Oakland. But um, it also could go south in a hurry, as I'm sure we'll hear from you. Yeah, it could definitely go south because those walks could go north, and um, we're talking every bit of a, uh, say, uh, 45 to 135 walk to strikeout ratio, maybe 40 to 45 to 135 uh, walk to strikeout ratio. I mean, Mueller... As the ace for Oakland kind of tells you just how bad Oakland's rotation is this year. Um, I have a feeling that the guy goes past six innings all of three times this season. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he, he, he'll be able to eventually, I think, but that's a great yeah. point. Um, let's go over our last guy here. I think we, we covered almost all of the the guys that are top prospects that have a job right now. Of course, some are coming, going to be coming up very shortly. But Spencer Steer, this is a guy Ooh. we don't talk about a lot. I think nope. he's very underrated. Yep. He hit a home run in the – Crushed uh, that opening. ball. Yeah. He hit uh, – let me do some math here. 8 plus 12 plus 3 plus 2 is 25, 25. home runs last year overall. And he sort of had a mini breakout from 2021 to 2022, uh-huh. like uh, Encarnacion Strand or mm-hmm. Edward Julian. Those guys kind of come to mind. Got, yep. You know, came out of nowhere. Um, why can't he hit 25 home runs this year? I don't see why not. In like a 260 right? average. I mean, yeah. yeah, he's going to be playing everywhere. And at, I don't think he's intimidated by the situation. He's 25 years old, so I think he's going to be ready for it this year. I like Spencer Steer a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's for what you're going to pay for him. Yeah, he, he he's going to get 500 plate appearances, barring injury. I think for the the Reds this year, there's literally no mm-hmm. one else going to take his his job, and not a not a. Not a very fun name to have, you know. So some people might not be too into him. Right. Of course, again, worst time to trade for a guy is, <laughs> you know, opening day and he hits a home run. Right. <laughs> pace for 162. So yeah. You got to be So fun. All right. Good. So again, I, I've talked about this a ton. You have to be careful with these prospects. When we talk about them highly and we give you these stat lines not not in this episode per se but in other episodes and we say you know he's 30 home run guy and he's 25 stolen base guy we don't necessarily think that's going to happen right away you look at the prospects from last year and you know julio rodriguez otherworldly like mm-hmm. unbelievable once in a generation type of player yep and 28 home runs, 25 stolen bases. And we think he's a god, like, honestly. <laughs> you do. And he hit 284. Is that yeah. a fantastic season? Oh, 
Absolutely. Is it what he's capable of? Not even mm-hmm. close, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to see. And that was like one of the best rookie seasons in recent yeah. memory. You yeah. So, and how many at best did he have last year? Like 380, something like that? Uh, 560. Oh, damn. Or 500. Close. Five, oh, yeah, 500. He, played, he just got hurt a little <laughs> bit. Of so uh, you're going to have one or two guys that just maybe blow up that you don't mm-hmm. see coming. A la Michael Harris, Strider, mm-hmm. those type mm-hmm. of guys. You're going to get guys that perform, but not to what we know they're capable of, like Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get guys like Spencer Torkelson that just fall flat on their face. So it's like a, it's almost like a 30-30-30 type of thing. Like 30% mm-hmm. of them are going to fall on their face. 30% of them are going to be useful. Maybe not 30% are going to. You know, maybe 30% go above our expectations is better. Yeah, way that's a good way of putting 5%, it. 5%, 1% just go nuts. Yeah. Uh, that you don't expect. So be careful with these prospects. Dynasty leagues, nothing really. It's fun when these guys come up. I, I rebuilt a team with, you know, Bobby Witt and Julio and Michael Harris. And they're mm-hmm. all now just kind of playing every day. And I don't have to worry about them. And it's very nice and relaxing to set that Gratifying. Up. Very gratifying. Yeah. So if you're rebuilding, stay with it. It works out. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but uh, you got to hold true to the plan. Don't don't rebuild for a year and then trade half of your team for like major mm. leaguers. It's like the mm. worst way to do it. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, and then don't sell these guys. Like you know, Jared Kelnick's a good example. You know, oh, great example. There was a time where you could sell him off for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um. And now he he's not all the way back to say, but like the Mariners aren't giving up on him. Look at the nope. age. Look at the prospects behind him. Like Kelnick, if he's turned it around, he's the guy there now. And he looks okay to start. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. All right, Nate. We got baseball back tomorrow mm-hmm. where everybody's playing again, which is nice. So, so enjoy baseball. Hope you guys are happy and content watching random minor leaguers and major leaguers now <laughs> and you have the ability to do so you could just turn it on and uh, boom there it is it's a great feeling forget basketball forget football <laughs> it's all time for the next couple of months hope you enjoy it mm-hmm. anything to add nate as we uh, sign off here no man I'm, I'm right there with you enjoy everybody the first week is always the best week so enjoy All right, Futures Focus, my name is Alex Sanchez, Nate Eckert joining me. We'll see you next week.